Well, good, uh, I guess, midday. It's not quite afternoon yet. Uh, Shades Valley Community Church, and welcome to another episode of Midweek Musings. This past Sunday, we were in John chapter 20, and there we were exploring the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, it was like Easter in August. It was awesome. And one of the things when you talk about the resurrection that immediately comes to the forefront is the issue of apologetics. And we didn't deal with that issue at all on Sunday. We were simply just dealing straight with the text. And so I wanted to bring this up, even though I personally am not a huge fan of apologetics. You may be like, why? Well, here's the reason I'm not a huge fan. The primary way that most Christians engage apologetics, which, which if you're not familiar with the term, uh, apologetics is giving a reason for your faith. It's giving uh, answers to objections and why you believe what you believe. And the reason I'm not a huge fan is because the way that most Christians tend to use it is in an effort to convert non-Christians. And it's simply not possible to actually argue someone into the faith. Uh, you wouldn't even want to argue someone into the faith because if you do that, then ultimately their faith doesn't rest in Christ. It rests in your argument and how good your argument was. And as soon as somebody comes along with a better argument, their faith is going to rest in that. And so if, if that's your approach to belief, then your faith is just always in the smartest person in the room, uh, not actually in the person of Jesus Christ. There are some people that genuinely have real questions, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't engage those. We should. But the idea that apologetics is a battering ram that you can use to back somebody into a corner and get them into the Christian faith is just not simply the case. So what I think the primary uh, purpose of apologetics actually is, is not for non-Christians, but for Christians. Uh, it's to strengthen our own faith and demonstrate that we're not crazy, that our faith actually is reasonable. Uh, and we have good reasons, uh, strong reasons for believing what we believe. And so when we talk about apologetics, you know, you get into all sorts of issues, whether it be creation, evolution, uh, whether it be the reliability of scripture, uh, all of these kinds of, of issues. But the central apologetic issue at the end of the day is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Central issue. Because if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then the discussion about all those other things doesn't matter. Like, who cares? Uh, I'm with Paul in 1 Corinthians 15. If Christ didn't rise from the dead, we are still in our sins. Our faith is futile. Like, let's eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Um, but if Christ did rise from the dead, then we can have discussions all day long about things like creation and scripture. But we know this to be true. Christ is Lord and God uh, over all. And salvation is only through faith in him. So the resurrection is the central apologetic issue. So what I want to do is just go over some really quick, basic thoughts here. There are massive tomes written on the resurrection. But I just wanted to go over some quick, basic things uh, about good, solid reasons why we believe Jesus rose from the dead other than just because Scripture says so. So uh, we have to from the why Jesus from the dead. Like if, if he didn't rise from the dead, then you've got to come up with the best possible way to explain the events uh, reported in scripture or the, the events that the, uh, the, the, the faith that people have now. So what are some things that people throw out to try and say, well, Jesus didn't actually rise from the dead. Well, one, it's an absolute total fabrication. 
it's not true at all. It's just a story that Jesus made up, or, or excuse me, that the disciples made up, and they were lying that Jesus rose from the dead. Here's the problem with that. The problem is uh, the facts of history, not just of Scripture, but the facts of history show that the disciples first began to proclaim Jesus is risen from the dead in the city of Jerusalem. In other words, where he was crucified and buried. And they began to proclaim it very quickly, immediately. That's an issue because if Jesus didn't actually rise from the dead, if the whole thing's total fabrication, then all the authorities need to do is open up that tomb and produce a body. Here he is. They're lying. Over. The problem is they can't produce a body. So we know this to be true, and scholars, whether they are believers, whether they're Christians, or whether they're not, scholars all agree, we know this to be true. The body was gone. Because if it wasn't, it could have been produced and everything could have been proven false very quickly. So the body was gone. So, so very quickly we enter into having to explain, okay, how is it that so many people witnessed the death of Jesus, he was buried, and then his body was gone. And there are a couple of theories that have been advanced over this. Like, and, and, and they take one of two primary routes. Either A, Jesus did something with his own body, or B, the disciples did something with his body. So let's start with Jesus did something with his own body. The two most popular theories are one, Jesus only appeared to die on the cross. This is called the swoon theory, that he swooned on the cross, that due to the loss of blood and things like that, he appeared to die, but he didn't actually die. And so then he was placed in the tomb, later you know, came back to consciousness, woke up, and exited the tomb. And that's how the body was gone. Problem, okay? Uh, problem is, is if, you, if you just think this through, one, you're having to say that Jesus went through uh, a Roman scourging of 39 lashes that killed many people. Uh, then he was led away, crucified, hung on a cross for multiple hours, had his side pierced, uh, and then was taken down, wrapped in linen and spices, placed inside of a tomb, and he survives all of that. Uh, miraculous, and, and soldiers who are professional killers don't recognize the fact that he's still alive and has a pulse. Revives, okay, unwraps himself in this injured state, moves a stone by himself, fights off a couple of guards who are guarding the tomb, makes his way to the disciples and declares himself to be the resurrection and the life, and they believe him. Yeah, even if all of that happened, like, they wouldn't believe him. They'd be like, you're not the resurrection and the life. You need a doctor. <laughs> like, he, he would not remotely appear victorious. Um, and the biggest problem is he would die again one day. So swim theory is just slightly out there. Uh, the other theory... Uh, concerning Jesus himself is that Jesus actually had a twin. I am not kidding. This is not a Hollywood made up thing. There are theories that Jesus had a twin. So Jesus actually died on the cross and was buried and it was his twin. You know, they've been waiting to pull off this uh, magic trick for a long time. It was his twin that showed up and declared himself to be risen from the dead. Again, if that was the case, the authorities could have produced a body. There's, there's no reason uh, that the body would be missing. Uh, second, you would think that the disciples who had lived with Jesus for three years would be able to tell the difference. Uh, in my uh, class, my graduating class, uh, we had three sets of twin girls, and none of us had a problem telling any of them apart because we spent so much time around them and we knew them so very well. All, all identical twins. So it's just a little bit absurd. And again, you still have the issue with even if a twin presented himself as the resurrection life, he also would later die. 
and the disciples' faith would be in vain. So Jesus' twin theory, a little bit crazy. So then you have theories that the disciples were the ones responsible for the body going missing. And the two most popular theories there are, one, uh, that the disciples actually, well, it's not a reason that the body went missing. Um, it's a reason they believed he was back from the dead. And that's the theory that the disciples hallucinated that they saw things when they when they thought Jesus rose from the dead. Massive problems with that are, one, again, the authorities could have produced a body, uh, but two, there's no such thing as group hallucinations. Yes, there are times where people do drugs and stuff and all hallucinate together, but they don't hallucinate the same thing. That's not a known phenomenon. It doesn't happen. All reports to us in 1 Corinthians 15 that Jesus was seen by more than 500 people at a time so you need 500 people simultaneously hallucinating the same thing. It just, it's, it's not a, not a thing. So the, the most popular theory of all time as to what actually happened and why Jesus's body was missing is the original theory advanced by the guards and the religious leaders. And that is that the disciples stole Jesus's body. So they stole his body. You know, these guys who, were terribly afraid. Their faith in their world had been crushed after Jesus died. They're afraid. They're hiding behind locked doors, but you know they muster up enough courage to go fight off a couple of professional soldiers, move stones, steal a body, and then lie and say that Jesus is back from the dead. Even if you want to say that's what happened, you have to ask the psychological question of why. Like, why does anybody lie? People typically lie for their own advantage. They lie to get into a better position of power. They lie to gain money or to gain fame. The disciples got none of these things. As a matter of fact, for what they told, they actually got the opposite. They became uh, renegades against the law. They were beaten. They were imprisoned. And eventually, most of them, almost all of them, were martyred. Uh, the only one we think wasn't martyred was John, who we think died in exile. There's some rumors about that maybe he came back. Anyway, whatever. Uh, but they were killed for their faith. So, so what you've got to have in order to have this disciple stealing the body thing is one, you've got to have a massive conspiracy theory. And then everybody involved in that conspiracy theory who knows that what they are saying and purporting is false. They've got to stick with their guns all the way to death, all of them. And nobody ever cracks. Like at any point, in any of their torture, nobody ever is like, you know what? I'm just kidding. He didn't really rise from the dead. Um, it's just insanely unlikely. And if they're also making up this story to convince people, they did a really poor job because the first witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus were women. I have nothing against women. You have to know the first century context. And a woman's testimony in that first century context was not admissible in a court of law. Like if you were trying to fabricate a story, you wouldn't say, hey, let's have the first witnesses be women. Um, but yet they did. Why? Because that's what really happened. Um, and so if they are fabricating this, they didn't do a very good job of it all. So after walking through those different theories of what could possibly explain the reason that uh, Jesus's body was not there um, and that the disciples reported this first in Jerusalem almost immediately and it spread from there. Uh, what can best account for those 